This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is, girlfriend. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not participate in a GOP presidential debate last night. No, but everybody else in the party did. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. Just an absolute food fight. But I can tell you right now, if I ever find myself in a prison riot, I am calling Dana Perino and Stuart Varney to restore order because they did a phenomenal job getting it under control. I do believe they had to attach shock collars by the end of the night if people went too long. Wow! It was a absolute prison riot, but we'll break it down today. We've got help from Jason Chaffetz, former Utah congressman, and Tudor Dixon uh, stopping by from the great state of Michigan. 888-788-9910. If you'd like to join us as well, there is no cost of admission, not money, not intellect, not anything. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. I say that every day. You can be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. You can identify as a Chihuahua. Just don't identify as the Chihuahua and the the dog in the White House. It's biting everybody. Although in its defense, you'd be hopped up too if you were surrounded by cocaine everywhere you walked in the White House. Hunter's a dirtbag. Anyway, the point is you can be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, you could be a dirtbag. All we ask is that you don't be a... Happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, There's a lot going on for the champ. I will be closing the Hannity Show tonight at 9.50 Eastern Standard on the Fox News Channel. Last night, Gavin Newsom was on Hannity last night trying to make the case that he's not running for president at all. He's just there to support Joe Biden. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Now, to Newsom's credit, he is a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, so he didn't stay long once he found out the Reagan Library doesn't have sex books for kids. Uh, But he was there to talk to Hannity and break down the debate, which I will do now. Uh, Really quickly, right off the bat, it was... I mean, the closest thing to a Waffle House at three in the morning I've ever witnessed on a presidential debate stage. A lot of crosstalk, a lot of insults. Uh, It was vicious. And I told you yesterday at the start of the show that it was going to be that way. It lived up to everything we build it as. Why? Because they're desperate. Okay, the needle is not moving. Trump has a 50-point lead. So you understand these guys have two challenges right now. One is move the needle. The other is fundraising. Okay, the people who cut the checks want to see some movement. They want to see a little bang for the buck, a little greenery for the scenery. So if the needle ain't moving, you got to find a way to move it. And at this point, the only way that's going to happen is if you start knocking people off the debate stage. 
That's why Dana asked that pointed question at the end, who would you vote off the island? Now, DeSantis was like, no, I love these guys. None of them love these guys. When they're behind closed doors right now, they're all like, if he could catch fire. <laughs> they they all, you have no idea how much bile and hatred is on that stage because you don't run for president unless you have a weapons-grade ego that convinces you you're the only person left that knows what they're doing. He knows what he's talking about. Listen to this opening exchange, okay? And then we'll get into individual candidates and performances and everything in between. But this clip I'm about to play you, these are not the words of people who are comfortable with where they're at in this race. Clip one. We need to win elections. And part of how we win elections is reaching the next generation of young Americans where they are. So when I get into office, I've been very clear. Kids under the age of social, under the age of 16, should not be using addictive social media. This is infuriating because TikTok is one of the most dangerous social media apps yes, that is. we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist Party and the same people that funded Hunter Biden millions of dollars was a partner this of yours as nonsense. well. You know what I did with my first company? We opened a subsidiary in China. But you know what I did that was different than every other company? We got the hell out of there. Ron DeSantis is against fracking. He's against drilling. He's been against. You did it. Every He always talks about what happens on day one. You better watch out because what happens on day two is when you're in trouble. That's just wrong. And let's just get real here. My plan will get the job done. Talk about someone who has never seen a federal dollar she doesn't like. Ten cents on this gallon in South Carolina. As the U.N. ambassador, you literally put $50,000 on (laughs) curtains in a $15 million subsidized location. Next. You got bad information. They were there before I even showed up at the residence. Oh, man. So it was absolutely positively. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Okay, they all wanted to kill each other. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. I mean, the line of the night that's getting all the sound bites is obviously Nikki Haley putting down Vivek. I'll go right across the board. Vivek looked slimy last night. I know people like him. You know, he's been on this show. He's great on the show. When I see him around the green rooms here at Fox, I get on with him great. He raps and he plays tennis with no shirt on. He's an influencer. He's running for class president. And that is, that's the gig. Okay, believe me, when I watched DeSantis last night, for real, for real, for real, I watched him being like, oh, he could be president. Wrong. But what I mean by that is he, if we could elect him president, we could all go to bed and know that we had competency in the White House, know that we had someone who could execute, know that we had someone with a record of good governance for their state that was willing to go in the instinctive direction that they felt best about as opposed to fearing over the blowback from the media. But the reality is he's going to have a really tough time winning the election. So could he be a great president? I actually think he could be phenomenal. Okay, could he get the gig? The answer would be no. I wouldn't say no. I would just tell you they need a lot of people to drop off of that stage right now. Okay, it is blood sport out there. It is a steel cage match. And when I was grading last night, okay, yeah, you contrast them against each other. But the reality is three or four of these guys, okay, are going to have to debate Donald Trump. This is going to end with Trump on a debate stage if he wants to win the Republican nomination, because as the field shrinks and the primaries progress, there are more debates scheduled. Okay, on some level, it makes sense for Trump to be sitting this out right now. 
Because what's the big analytic you keep hearing about? Oh, somebody needs to make a breakout moment. They need a big play. Moder- uh, you know, Martha McCallum said this in the studio yesterday. She moderated the first debate. Okay, Dana said this morning on America's Newsroom, nobody had a breakout play, and she's right. Okay, Nikki's put down a Vivek, pretty funny. Here it is. Uh, But the reality is, okay, you can't really break out when there's 83 people talking at once. Okay, had Trump been on that stage and someone scored a viral clap back against Trump, then yes, they might have had a campaign-defining moment and started to pick up in the polls or at least pick up in their media relevance. But attacking each other when you're all polling at 5% and 8% and 2% or 10% if you're on the high side is not going to make the news, not the way you'd need it to. So what you've got to be looking at in this field, if we're just talking about this as a horse race and who could actually win this thing, is who stood on that stage last night and and looked like they could stand toe-to-toe with Trump. Nikki Haley won't have a problem doing it. DeSantis won't have a problem doing it. Tim Scott, I got to be honest, he's 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 real sweet guy. I like him a lot. He got a little cutthroat with Vivek, which was a new look for him, and it was needed. Uh, Vivek is completely up Trump's ass. Like he wants to be VP or he's running as a human shield for Trump in the early rounds, uh, which is why he keeps finding himself in the crosshairs of all of these attacks as people kind of see through the charade. And Vivek, who spent the first debate, saying all the provocative things like, you're all bought and paid for by super PACs. You've been given lines to say by your donors. You know, very combative. Last night, when the fire came back at him for some of his hypocrisies surrounding foreign policy and China and TikTok, whenever he was attacked, what did he say? Ah, oh, we're at the Reagan Library in the spirit of Reagan. We don't pick on each other in this party. You are so full of shit. Because he didn't actually own any of his hypocrisy. The guy who set the tone at the first debate, hey, everybody here is bought and paid for. Well, when they pointed out the areas where he was legitimately bought and paid for, he was like, Reagan, am I right, you guys? Reagan, we don't do this. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. That was absurd. So he didn't own any of that, okay? Christie was working towards a great moment where he was, you know, taking shots at Trump. And then he closed it on talking about his nickname for Trump, uh, which would be Donald Duck. That was absolutely dreadful. (laughs) This is cut to Joe Biden. He's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. I want him to look into the eyes and tell people who've been fighting this fight for a long time. Donald Trump hides behind the walls of his golf clubs and won't show up here to answer questions like all the rest of us are up here to answer. He put $7 trillion on the debt. He should be in this room. Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. I mean, that one hurt me. Did you know that after he said it, Hamas claimed responsibility for the bombing? They actually, it was us. They called the library. They almost had to evacuate. I mean, I've never seen. I mean, you talk about, wow, did Iran proxy fund that bombing? 
Governor Christie. That was a tough one. But why are they doing this? They're trying to manufacture moments. They're trying to break out. And as you could see, the biggest target for them was Trump because that's the only place you're going to score a breakout moment. The guy's up by 50. Okay, I get why he wasn't there, in all honesty. Okay, but what they're all doing there, okay, Doug Burgum, to his credit, made a lot of substantive points uh, when his microphone was on. You know, a lot of times he got cut off and Dana had to cut him off because what was happening is these guys were getting asked one question and trying to answer nine of them at once. The opening question of the debate was about economics. Tim Scott, who you know I love and he's great on the show, opened with a a nod to economics, then talked about the border, the education system, race relations in America. Shut up! Will you shut up? And I could just see the moderators like, dude, we can't. No, we only have two hours. But they all did it. Because Scott did it, then Vivek got in there, Vivek, and gave his speech. And uh, everybody was stump speeching out of the gate because this is what's going on. Okay, the field is about to shrink. It is getting real contentious when it comes to fundraising dollars and when it comes to the need to start trimming down Trump's lead, which, to be honest with you, is not going to happen until they wind up on the debate stage with him or somebody surprises us in the Iowa caucuses, which very well could happen. Trump holds a healthy lead there, but it's a caucus, okay? And traditionally, they vote in unpredictable ways because it's not necessarily about your first choice on the first ballot, okay? They re-caucus. The votes come out of individual houses. Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucuses in 2016. You know who won them before that? I believe it was Rick Santorum. So it's not exactly littered with the nominee, okay? And the reality is it seems that Trump would be the inevitable nominee at this point based on where he's at in the polls. But in the end, people want to win this election a lot more than they want to avenge 2020. And there's a lot of Trump listeners listening. You just want him to win, okay? They did us dirty in 2020. Biden's a dirtbag. How the hell did he get that many votes? I get it. There's a lot of people that have a lot of cynicism towards 2020, and we absolutely voted in an unprecedented manner. So I get it. But that doesn't mean that's the easiest path to victory. Okay, the truth is Trump wasn't there last night on that stage, but there were five people on that stage who could beat Biden. Okay, at least five. Tim Scott would beat Biden in the general hands down. Nikki Haley beat him hands down. Ron DeSantis would beat him hands down. Okay. Could Pence beat him hands down? The answer would be no. Probably not. Okay. Christie. The answer would be no. Be close. Okay, because he's a good debater. He does a good job of, you know, taking the fight to his opponents. Okay, but Burgum could absolutely beat him. Burgum is substantively an excellent candidate. Okay, doesn't have the name recognition, doesn't have the money, but he's got a thriving state, a booming energy sector, and an understanding of what it would take to make the world safer and our country richer if we started utilizing our own resources instead of outsourcing everything to China. That stuff is potent. Okay, but the trick is, in order for any of these guys to beat Biden, they got to beat Trump first. And I got news for you, man. Everybody, as Mike Tyson liked to say, had a plan until they got popped in the mouth. Okay, until one of these guys gets popped in the mouth by Trump, you're really not going to have a good read on it. That's the sad reality of right now. But whether they can take Trump or not, every one of them can take Biden. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it.
All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Jimmy, there he is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're in the kiss and cry room. You know at the Olympics when the gymnasts do their routine and then they sit in the corner with a Hungarian guy in a tracksuit? These little girls find out if they wasted every birthday and holiday of their lives so they could compete in the Olympics. Real tough stuff goes on. But uh, the reality is in the political kiss and cry room, we're putting up the scores for the people on the debate stage last night. And uh, I got to be honest, man. Uh, you got to do better than that. Not the best. It was, a ver- it was a food fight. I mean, it was desperation. But so much of what went on was Dana and Stewart having to cut people off. They asked really good questions. You know, at times, you know, when she wasn't getting answers, Dana had asked Pence about Obamacare. And Pence rambled on for three minutes about gun control and the Parkland shooting. And Dana jumped in and goes, uh, so are you going to answer me on Obamacare? <laughs> <laughs> but it had to be said. That's the point. It had to be said. Okay. Here was the clip making the rounds. I found it funny. Nikki Haley's on the show a lot. And, uh, you know, her and Vivek don't get along the best. Uh, and it's clip 14. This is infuriating because TikTok is one of the most dangerous social media apps that we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Because I can't believe that here we've got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. (laughs) That means they can get your contacts, they can get your financial information, they can get your emails, they can get text messages, they can get all of these things. Whoa. Every time <laughs> you open your mouth, I feel a little bit dumber. Tell him like it is. I don't actually feel dumber uh, listening to Vivek. I think he's sharp. I think he's got good ideas. I think that, you know, he's running a, the most modern campaign out there because he is on TikTok and it is relevant to young people. I have a 14-year-old kid. The problem is it's owned by the Chinese Communist Party and it's stealing all of our information. So it does look hypocritical for Vivek to be like, China's the devil, but then also be doing business with China and also have his stuff on TikTok and then say, but once the election's over, once the election's over, I'll get off TikTok. Come on, don't bullshit me. Nobody does anything once the election's over. 
Okay, no, absolutely not. Politicians, like before an election, is like a guy trying to get laid in a bar. Okay, I promise you anything on earth. Oh, baby, we're going to go for a cruise around the world. Whole entire world, girl, you and me. Then it's over, and you're like, you know I meant Epcot, right? <laughs> you know I meant, uh, you know, around the world, like the basketball game. You got to hit a three-pointer. You got to hit a free throw. You got to hit a layup. You know, they're full of it. That's politicians just the same. Like, he's full of it. He looked slimy when they attacked him last night. Uh, but they did show me a lot, and we're going to get into it. We're going to get you the media reaction, and we're going to get Gavin Newsom's reaction because he continues to insist he's there to endorse Biden, yet he campaigns for himself. That's just how white folks will do you. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Back in action. 888-788-9910. Fired up. It's when the show's over. I'm doing Hannity tonight. But uh, I got to head out to the, ta- the mean streets of Times Square. Uh, we're filming some comedy segments for Fox News Saturday night. I will be hosting Fox News Saturday night this uh, Saturday night at 10 p.m. That's exciting stuff to me. And you better tune in because I need the ratings, girlfriend. Uh, the Paramount has reached out as well. We are... Um, Running out of seats. If you want to come to my stand-up special, we're not. I'm not. We're only doing one show because it's a taped show. For you know, it's going to air on TV and Fox Nation and everything like that. So there isn't a second show. Um, so if you think you're going, you got to go to the first one. Uh, tickets for that at ParamountNY.com. Uh, I say this because I have a lot of friends who listen who are always like, yeah, I got to get tickets to your thing. or You got to get me tickets. And everybody thinks because you're like the headliner or you're the guy performing that you have like a wand. You know what I mean? That, you know, no matter how crazy things get, I'm holding on to like these 10 extra seats. It doesn't actually work that way. Like the venues give you a certain amount of like guest tickets, like for your family and friends, you know, and that's how it works. I donated some to charity, you know, things like that. But I'm just telling, you know, there are people listening like, yeah, well, if you really want to go, I'm saying get tickets. If you're just trying to mooch off me, just shut up. Come on, man. Kelly, I got enough problems without handling your ticket requests. <laughs> 888-788-9910. If you want Anything but tickets to see me at the Paramount. We will honor your phone call in this hour. Uh, We got Tudor Dixon coming up. We got Jason Chaffetz coming up. And uh, we're doing a little media reaction to the debate. Uh, But before we get there, I do want to get to some of your calls. Adam is in New Jersey, right across the Hudson. Adam. Jimmy. My man. How you doing, buddy? You know, it's funny to know the only thing separating us is like a $35 toll and a two-hour wait to cross the George Washington Bridge. That is that is true. I just want to let you know, number one, my son called in already a few times. Mm-hmm. We have been staunch followers. Of oh, yours. Adam. I mean, Adam, your son is Ross. I just I talked to you on email today. Adam, I know who you are. Okay. Yes. You oh, got it. Adam. We, he's turned me on to, to, to your show, and oh. I'm turning people on. It is off the charts. Now, your great. son turned you on to my show? What, yeah, uh, he was now, he's what, been avid what, Yeah, so what prison is he in? <laughs> he actually just graduated college, and uh, with the economy, uh, he's got a job. Got pushed a little bit, but he's in good shape. Oh, that's right. That's dope. So, Give my best yeah. to the so boss, I've man. Got, I, I, we've been listening. I've been taking everything in. First of all, you should have the 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock slot on Fox. You should be my no agent. Doubt about it. I say that to people. The people who call into the show that get it and they're so complimentary, that's wonderful. Like, really, I, you, I should make you guys my agent. Because, uh, you know, my guys are in a hammock right now. Like, my guys think Joe Biden has a busy schedule. 
He's <laughs> like, he's only on the beach 25 days out of the month. I'm just giving him a hard time. But thank you for that. I will pass along your sentiments to the management, Adam. What was, se- what was okay. second of all? Okay. So a couple of things. One, the debate yesterday. Mm. I mean, when they got into the drapes, I mean, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> right? I mean, really? Is this what we've come to is the drapes and the voting off the island? Come on, really? Yeah. I mean, is that really where we got to? So that's about that. Mm. Here's the simple answer for where Donald Trump has to go, because mm-hmm. he's the only one that can win. I really don't believe any of them will be able to take down the Democratic machine. Okay. He needs to get to the inner cities. Mm-hmm. Forget the intermediates in the mm-hmm. 20%, yep. the independents. Not going to happen. He's never going to get them. Get Byron Donalds, get him into the inner cities, to the six cities that make a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tell them they need to, we're going to clean up the cities, we're going to get rid of the crime so that mm-hmm. They have a fair shot to get their kids to school safely. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Listen, his and what's funny is that like his policies are actually better for the inner cities, uh, exponentially better. They did opportunity zones and they actually support police, which I know that's old fashioned. They want to lock up criminals. I know they're, you know, get off my lawn, you kids. Who's this grandpa that wants to lock up the bad guys? But that would help inner cities a great deal. The problem he has is, you know. Biden's support is falling uh, with black voters and Latino voters. But the issue is when you look at a place like Philadelphia, okay, Biden was able to carry 136 percent of the vote. So even if you chip off 30 percent of that support, he's somehow still got 103 percent of the support. It's crazy. So I don't I, I like the plan. I actually think it's a winning strategy for the Republicans if they could execute that. Uh, but I don't honestly like I watched DeSantis last night. I thought he could beat Biden. I thought um, Haley could beat Biden. I, di- I didn't I don't agree with you there, but I just think they have to get the nomination. And there's no way you're getting the nomination if you don't take on Trump. You know, Trump's not just going away. You dig. So you're right to say if this is going to be the plan. OK, if the primaries come and go in January and Trump is still up by 50, then they should just consolidate and try to win this thing. Because if Trump wins, right, he's a, you know, immediate lame duck. But if he has the right vice president, the Republicans really would be set up for a 12 year stretch. Yep. 110 percent. Think about that. VP. So by the time Byron Donald's finished up as VP, your son would be out of that prison and would be well positioned for decades. Beyond. Lincoln would be ready to run by the time this happened. That is true. Thanks for your time. I know you got a lot of callers. We'll see you at your next show. But it was great, Adam. Thanks. I'm glad I'm glad we met on the radio. This was like a low budget sleepless in Seattle. Good stuff, man. Be <laughs> well. Me- the great Adam. 888-788-9910. This is a funny story about Adam. Okay. Adam messaged me on LinkedIn one day. I don't check LinkedIn. Okay, but what happens is in my Gmail, they just give you the whole setting. So once in a while, if I'm like running between meetings here at Fox and I'm scrolling through my Gmail, I'll just have a full message. And, you know, I read Adam's full message. Jimmy, you're a fat slob. I don't know why they put you on TV. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'll respond. And uh, here we are talking as friends on the radio. But um, it was a very funny chance encounter. And it, you know, just kind of popped back up on the radio. I tell you guys too much. You got the highest security clearance in the administration. So here's another clip I wanted to play you. Okay. Gavin Newsom is my favorite thing in the world. And we will get to more of your calls. 888-788-9910. Gavin Newsom. Okay. Keeps telling people, keeps telling people, I have no interest in running for president. You were lying your ass off. Okay, but he's out there at the Republican primary debate. 
making the case for Joe Biden. There's nobody there that wants to hear a word about making the case for Joe Biden. The night belongs to the Republicans. But he's showing up, okay? And you could say, ah, he's the governor of California. No, he goes on Hannity all the time now. He has agreed to debate Ron DeSantis on Hannity while Biden is the sitting standard bearer for the Democratic Party. Why is he doing this, Jimmy? You own a politics to English dictionary. Could you level with us? Turn to page six or something. Where's the answer, Jimbo? Thumb through it. Here we go. Okay, the Democratic Party is the party of showbiz. Everything is coordinated and pretend. It's all performance art. Like, do you know when Biden gets out there to do a press conference and he has a predetermined list of who he's supposed to call on? Okay, and then they orchestrate the press conference to look like it's a spontaneous press conference where he's just flying around the room, taking questions. We got some raised hands. That's what they're trying to coordinate. The problem is he keeps admitting out loud that they'd given him instructions. Biden's lost his marbles. It's the it's it's nuts. But this is what he does. He gets out there and uh, uh, I got a. List of five, where's so-and-so around the, you know. And so-and-so knows they're being called on already. So he doesn't need to do this. He just needs to pretend it's a real spontaneous interaction. But he'll go, ah, though, they told me I couldn't take questions. I'm going to get in trouble here. They don't want him reading the stage direction out loud. I've told you the story on the air before. I was once the head writer for a Comedy Central show called Gotham Comedy Live. It was on Access TV. It was on Comedy Central. It was at the Gotham Comedy Club right down the block here in New York. I was a comic who was on the show a lot. Um, and then they made me the celebrity monologue writer. And what that meant is because each week they were showcasing four comics like me you had never heard of, they needed to bring in a big name to host the show that would give people a reason to watch. Usually that would require them getting someone who wasn't a comedian because you'd go, oh, this might be interesting. Pamela Anderson's on. William Shatner's on. Mike Tyson's on. David Hasselhoff's on. You know, and I would get to work with these people and write them a joke monologue. I'd have like five days to make them a comedian. Well, Pamela Anderson famously, famously, it was the greatest thing in the world, and I get no credit for this. She read the stage direction out loud, which you're not supposed to do. So she got on stage and was like, welcome to Gotham Comedy Live. Please hold for applause. And as she continued to do it, everybody was like, oh, I get it. These are ditzy blonde jokes. Funny, funny. Except here's the thing. We didn't write any ditzy blonde jokes. This could be a problem. Well, it wasn't a problem because they laughed. Okay. She's not the president of the United States. She could be a little out to lunch, and it's not a big deal. You're in a comedy club. But when you're the president of the United States and you're reading the stage direction, okay, the people sitting in the White House press room are just, ah, ah, no, no. The best job to have in politics is the liquor store closest to the White House, okay, because they are running out of that press room every night and just gulp, 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 gulp drinking at the register because he's such a train wreck. And they know that. So what they're doing in a party that coordinates everything is they're creating the appearance that Newsom is going to begrudgingly become the nominee. Look at him. He was out there stumping for Biden every day. He didn't want to run. He had to run. Democrats are so full of crap. That's what they're going with. So on one end, the DNC is leaking one anonymously sourced bombshell after another to the media about how Biden's too old. They're fitting him for special shoes so he stops falling down. They're managing his work hours. Okay, look at all of this polling. He can't get onto Air Force One on his own anymore. The DNC is giving the media permission to cover that stuff. 
Okay, and we know this. Why? Because all of that stuff could have been said six months ago. It could have been said a year ago. It could have been said two years ago. The developments with Biden aren't new. What's new is that the media has suddenly began to acknowledge it. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Everybody forgets that part. Why are they suddenly acknowledging it? Because the play has been sent into the huddle. Do me a favor. We're going to slow roll Biden out of this thing. He's old. He's a mess. He's fallen down. He's got special shoes. Okay. I don't know who you plan on running, but get him on TV stat. Okay. And there we are. Okay. Kamala, to be clear, is doing some TV hits. Uh, She's a disaster. Okay. But they've got Newsom out there on every channel, including Fox News, where he is debating Ron DeSantis. Okay, do you know how much that undermines the sitting president of the United States that you're going out there as a guy 50 years younger than him as a Hollywood handsome, you know, because that's who Gavin Newsom is. I mean, he's a central casting late 80s guy with the cocaine at the party. Great news if you're a hot and frisky lady. That's the good news. The hot guy's got the cocaine. The bad news is herpes. What the hell did you just say? But anyway, here's Newsom on Hannity talking about DeSantis, the debate. The nomination, it's really fascinating. But it starts with Hannity asking him about Biden's cognitive condition, clip 23. I know the truth. In your heart, in your mind, you want this. But you have basically gone on a media tour sucking up to Joe Biden, and you know he's a cognitive mess. You know it. I also know he's got an extraordinary record to run on. Really? I couldn't be more proud. By the way, how's his record on the border? Objectively. He was the winner tonight. No Objectively, doubt. Objectively. Yeah, no, no. That's, Joe not even, that's not spin. <laughs> These guys identified problems. And Biden actually has not only identified solutions, he's gotten bipartisan deals to begin the process of implementing those. Look into- you are so full of sh- <laughs> Biden was the big winner last night. Not even close. <laughs> Biden wasn't even awake last night. Number one. But God love Hannity for pressing him on that. Because what did Newsom say? He goes, he's a cognitive mess. You know it. Newsom responds with, I also know he's got an extraordinary record. Come on, man. I also know. Okay, he is admitting that Biden is a disaster. He's admitting it right there. You know he's a cognitive mess. Yeah, but I also know. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. You guys. I'm telling you because I care. Gavin Newsom is running for president. Biden is not going to be the nominee. So as you're sitting here assessing last night's debate and you're assessing who's got a shot and who doesn't and everything in between, understand that everybody on that stage last night is who's going to stick around, okay, the three or four of them that survived through January, they are going to debate Trump. You will see Trump on a debate stage at some point. His hand will be forced. He's just waiting till it's a smaller field, which on some level makes sense. Okay, but they are not you're not sizing up an election where they're running against Joe Biden. None of that matters. Okay, the Democrats are really good at winning elections. They are. Okay, going into the midterms, every single political analyst analyst on earth said what? It's going to be a red wave. They're going to win everything imaginable. A red tsunami is what it's going to be. They do. They barely held on to that. Got the house. Okay, barely. They were going into election night thinking they were going to win the house. They were going to win the Senate and Trump was going to take credit for it and announce his reelection bid at Mar-a-Lago that night. That was the plan. Like, I know the plan. I know the people that were there. 
Okay, and because of the results and because it took time to get votes counted and we didn't have definitive answers, he waited a week and launched his campaign anyway. And Trump wants to run and Trump's entitled to run and Trump is well in the lead right now. So, you know, you can't deny him any of those rights. But what I'm trying to explain to you is politics makes everyone a prisoner of the moment. And it's so omnipotent with the 24-hour news cycle and social media and everything in between that nobody sees beyond the moment we currently happen to be in. So they're grading the debate on how people did against each other as opposed to how they're going to ultimately have to do against Trump. And I saw the right guys with the right temperament that I think could hang in there. I don't know if they'd win, but DeSantis will do good debating Trump. Christie would. I don't think he'll make it that far. But Nikki Haley would. You know, Tim Scott's a tough guy to pick on, so he might. Uh, Vivek ain't saying a word about Trump because he wants to be his VP or run Mar-a-Lago or something. I don't know. Um, But the reality is they had that heat. okay? but they're not going to be debating. They're not going to be competing against Joe Biden. Okay, the Democratic Party knows how to win elections. They're crafting their storyline. They're going to let the Republicans blow six months worth of bullets on Biden's got dementia. And just when the polling is plenty high, right now, 72 percent of the country doesn't think Biden is cognitively fit to run for office. They're going to pump that number all the way up to about 85 and make Newsom look like the guy who didn't want to do it. Okay, he just parachuted in to save his country. That's what's going on. And you're watching Newsom do it in plain sight. I endorse the guy. He's got a great record. I have no interest in running. But here I am. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. But the point is, your leg's getting warm for a reason. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Heading back across the Hudson Back to Jersey. Jimmy in Jersey. Jimmy! Hey, Jimmy. Love your show. Ah, oh, thanks, man. That's great. Don't ever say that if you get pulled over by a cop. <laughs> you oh, no, congratulations on your success, for sure. Oh, thanks, brother. Um, but, uh, you had a point about birthright citizenship? About, yeah. Yeah, about Vivek. So, I mean, I just think it just does such a huge disservice to the Republican Party when he says stuff like that. Yeah. About ending, you know, mm-hmm. uh, citizenship to children of illegals mm-hmm. i just think it's it's not going to happen you know we have a senate but yeah. it's split mm-hmm. it's going to take an act of congress so it's just not yeah. going to happen but mm-hmm. what it does do is that it gives dems a talking point yep you know? you know why he likes like vivek is running to be president of twitter because the far right voices in twitter that elon musk are amplifying are hardline people because being hard on Twitter gets you a lot of likes, but it doesn't actually get you support across the aisle, so the policies are a non-starter. Jimmy, you made a great point, and I didn't cut you off. The commercials cut me off, but let's do it again, brother. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. You heard the man back in action fastest growing radio show in America if we're going by my weight. Uh, But we are not. We're going by 
a impeachment inquiry into the president of the United States. Are you the big man, Joe? That's the question they're trying to answer right now. Uh, as the hearing is underway, we'll take you inside it. Jason Chaffetz will stop by. He was a former congressman from the great state of Utah. We're also going to be joined by Tudor Dixon as well on a post-debate episode of the show where we're breaking down Republican performance. And we're also getting into what I have to tell you is some great political theater over there on Capitol Hill, where the claim from the Democrats is that the Republicans, like the Matt Gateses of the world, that are pushing for a government shutdown, are actually trying to impeach Joe Biden to distract you from the shutdown. Are you stupid or something? Like, uh, they, they want the shutdown. Do you get it? There's There are hardliners in the Republican Party. Okay, we could discuss them in this hour. Andy Biggs is one of them. He was on earlier in the week. 888 788 9910. There are people who want a government shutdown in the Republican Party. Like they do. Why? Okay, because they want to pass balanced budgets. They want to get away from this continuing resolution chicanery, which allows us to keep funding going up, up in a way. We're $33 trillion in debt. Yes, Republicans would be fine with a shutdown if it meant a way to change the status quo in Washington. It's not going to happen. This is the reason we're stuck with CR after CR after CR. They basically start floating the idea of, oh, you know, it's going to be a shutdown. And they throw that into the media. Then they start listing all the people that are going to get screwed if we shut down. And then what did we find out this week? Well, if there is a shutdown, uh, we have taken the proper measures to make sure, although American government shuts down and you'll go without your benefits, we are going to make sure that all of our aid to Ukraine remains up and running. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. You see, Democrats don't want a shutdown bad because they can't live with the consequences of that happening. If you tell me you're going to start screwing over veterans and school services and everything in between, but you're going to be Venmoing Zelensky $100 million, I got to be honest, that is actual political suicide. So they don't want it to come to that. The Republicans do because they're trying to bring attention to the way we're doing this. But as it pertains to the impeachment inquiry on Capitol Hill, it started off with a statement from James Comer, who's the chair of the committee, who is breaking down what we all know to be true. Okay, A dude has been lying to you relentlessly about Ukraine, his son's involvement there, the people they've done business with. And you have to understand this is how police solve murders they don't show up to a house and go did you kill her and if the guy says yes they arrest him if the guy says no they walk away no they question someone who is a person of interest and as they ascertain that they're being lied to their interest in that person goes up he knows what he's talking about so as it pertains to joe biden this started out with what's up with this laptop and Biden was like, it's fake. <laughs> Line number one. All right, we got these business partners that say you were involved with your son's business. You're making all kinds of money. That's Russian disinformation. Never talk to my son about his bit. <laughs> Line number two. You understand? Okay. Got 155 suspicious activity reports from the Obama Treasury Department flagging your son's overseas business dealings. 5,400 emails from you sent under a pseudonym. You say you never talk to your son, but you put him on all these emails. What's up with that? 
don't know what you're talking about. Not real. This is fake. Which is lies. Lie after lie after lie. And you understand that's how they solve a murder. Okay, that is how they solve that. What goes on? Do you understand? Solving a crime in the same way. So with, what the Democrats have tried to do in shielding Biden from this inquiry is they just keep at every stage, okay, at every stage the sale changes. It started off as this is Russian disinformation. This is not a real laptop. That's what they said before the election when it was over. And we were like, hey, you guys lied to us about that. They were like, January 6th. Come on, man. We can't do not going to talk about what you were lied to about before the election. Don't you know if people get upset about the election, there's going to be a riot. Come on, man. You shut your face. We do not support political violence. Unless they're throwing bricks at a Republican-run White House or burning down churches across the street or looting a bunch of Nike stores. But other than that, we do not support violence unless they're torching a police station or starting a pretend country in Seattle. But other than that, it's like the jerk. You know how the jerk's like, I don't need anything but this chair and this lamp. I don't need anything but this chair and this lamp. And this cup, I don't need anything but this chair and this lamp. That's what the Democrats when it comes to political violence, when it comes to every game they play here. Dude, this is a real thing. So they went from its Russian disinformation. They didn't own the lie that it wasn't. Okay, we went from one former business partner testified that he did business and Biden was the brand to two. Now we're up to three IRS whistleblowers. And what are the Democrats still doing? Rather than acknowledging the staircase of lies... They just keep yelling, you don't have evidence. There's no evidence. Our politics are so reductive and lazy right now that they can do that. And it passes muster with their base. People don't want to find fault in their own party. We are, as a country, so toxically divided because of how we do politics that we as a people, not the government, we as a people cannot hold our government accountable because nobody wants to admit fault in their own side for fear of the leverage it will give the other side. That's what politics has become. It's the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. If you're a Yankee fan, you hate the Red Sox. You will not concede a single solitary point. If you're a Red Sox fan, you hate the Yankees, okay? But understand, in this instance, it's the government, and we pay the salary of the Yankees and the Red Sox. It's our tax dollars. But the government is failing us on every issue we're funding them for. And this perpetual fight for power that has become like the number one you know, form of entertainment in the country, okay, is why they can get away with doing this. Well, you don't have a video of Biden getting a bag of cash and on the bag, you know, when they finally find that video, it'll be like, but the bag on the side of the bag, it doesn't say this is for what you did in Ukraine. All you have is no evidence. All you have is a couple of oligarchs on video saying this is for your father. Here's the exact dollar amount he requested to do that thing. But it doesn't say so on the side of the bag. So how do we know that in that bag, that's what they're down to? And on their side, rather than owning the ridiculousness of this, they just keep clowning as the lies, the staircase leads higher and higher. Okay, that's how they solve a murder. Where were you for breakfast? I was home having waffles. And the cops know he was at the IHOP. Oh, man, IHOP sounds good right now. God, you know how much I love food. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. God, I love food. But, yes, IHOP sounds good. So it starts off with, oh, I was home for breakfast, but they know he was at IHOP. And they're like, and what'd you do? What'd you do after breakfast? Oh, 
Well, after breakfast, um, I went to the post office. <laughs> and they know he didn't go to the post office. They know he went from IHOP home, uh, which happened to be right near the murder scene. You know, got on the old laptop, checked out some adult videos. Hubba, hubba. Okay. And like, huh, interesting. He lied about breakfast. He lied about going home and looking at those adult videos. We have it right here on the tower. What'd you do after that? After you went to the post office? Ah, went to the gym. <laughs> and they're like, come on, look at the guy. He's built like Jimmy Fallon. He didn't go to the gym. What, Jim's bar and grill? Stop it. But they catch a third lie. This is when the people investigating you start to go, oh, aha. I think we got our man, Sarge. And it never ends with, like, a video of him committing the murder. They follow the lies. And as the lies take them closer to physical evidence, they ultimately establish a case against the perp. Okay? The Republican inquiry into Joe Biden has done beyond that. Beyond that. Whether they impeach him or not, whether he gets held liable or not. Do you understand? You are only lying to the investigators if you committed the crime, okay? Guys who are innocent don't lie to investigators because they have nothing to hide. That's true. That is true. Okay? You sit down and you lie because you need this to go away fast. So when this laptop presented itself, what happened? Ah, it's fake. It's Russian. Okay, that was a lie. Never talked to the business partners. That was a lie. But they put it away in the run-up to the election. Now the election's over. Okay, the media who said it was fake now admits that the whole thing was true. The media is a bunch of losers. And the Bidens who said it was fake are now suing Rudy Giuliani for leaking it to the world. Oh, wow! But you understand in our politics, Democrats should be slamming on the brakes right now. Just the way they should have been slamming on the, ra- on the brakes when the vaccine turned out to be bull****. Okay, again, the vaccine was sold to us as you can't get COVID. That is a fact check false. But that's how it was sold. And the people who sold it, even the media figures who sold it. Okay, here's Rochelle Walensky. Now, listen, she's nobody. She's just the head of the CDC. And let's be honest, at this point, no one takes them seriously. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. um, and, And that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And why do I say that? Because they didn't have clinical trials and real-world data that said vaccinated people weren't getting COVID. Vaccinated people died of COVID. Hundreds of thousands. Bingo, man. Bingo. So does that actually count as a vaccine? The answer would be no. No. But they fired people from their jobs, stopped them from going to school, stopped them from going to work. But when it turned out to be bull****, what did they do? They just adjusted the political side. Well, no, it's not about the vaccine stopping. It's about lessening transmissions, you see. We don't want to overcrowd the hospitals with people getting sick. You're not telling me the truth. Dude, that's not a vaccine. That is uh, lessening my symptoms. That's a Tylenol. That's a therapeutic. But so even the people in the media, there was no recalibration like, oh, we got that one wrong. Who could ever forget this Rachel Maddow clip? It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops 
with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. But did anybody stop and go, oh, by the way, that was a huge lie. The answer would be no. No, because we just kept fighting each other. Okay, understand that it's so backwards. The people who like call in and like, oh, this show, it's great. It's fun. Because I think you guys get what I'm trying to do here. Okay, is we're trying to remind everybody listening. Okay, that the Constitution of the United States was not drawn up so Republicans could fight Democrats over who controls the government. The Constitution of the United States was drawn up to make sure that the government didn't control us. Bingo. But right now they do because we're so divided over this garbage and it's so much more important to beat the other side than it is to hold the people accountable. But we're all getting screwed. Okay, the Bidens absolutely positively lied about their overseas business dealings. Okay, and they're taking money from our biggest geopolitical foes. So you're telling me weeks before Biden launched his presidential campaign, we get two hundred and sixty thousand dollars wired to the house in Delaware. Hunter happens to be living in California. It gets wired to Biden, who then meets with the guy, writes a letter to get his kid into college. But we have nothing to be looking into at this point. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? But that's the point. They don't believe it. They're just full of It's bananas. But I'm telling you, like, the recipe for national failure that we are cooking up right now, it's like it blows my mind that more people don't see it. Like, guys, I'm telling you this because I care. I went to community college. I didn't even show up to class. I spent most of my life driving a cab, okay? No one has ever copied off me on a test, okay? I see this, okay? That means everybody out there should be academically capable of seeing this, but they don't because they're so blinded by the political hatred that divides us right now. And that's why no matter who wins this Biden impeachment inquiry, we all wind up losing in the end. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with Utah Congressman Jason Chaffetz in the next break about this clip. Here is Comer talking about what went down today. Uh, what's going to go down as this hearing progresses. But here's clip 37. It's unbelievable the lies that are coming out of this White House. And it's sad that uh, for once the the American people are, are not buying what they're selling. They realize there's something really bad going on here. They have a simple question for Joe Biden and his minions in the White House. What exactly did your family do to receive the money? Now, with respect to that uh, newest lie, they said that there's no new information. Uh, we're going to talk about the wire that we just released within the last 24 hours, the $250,000 wire from the Chinese national to Hunter Biden while Joe Biden was president, was a candidate for president that was sent to Joe Biden's house in Delaware. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? 
Okay, so Joe Biden's running for president. Hunter, according to the terms of his plea deal, lives in California. Chinese national sends $250,000 to Biden's house. He should be behind bars. I don't know if we've risen to that. I just know we certainly are owed an answer as American citizens who vote and fund this government. And again, I, I, there's nothing I hate more than if this was a Republican. But be honest, if this was a Republican, oh, my God. Okay, what they've tried to take Trump down with is like, you know, in 1988, Trump had a party at Mar-a-Lago. They showed Rocky IV. Who does Rocky fight in Rocky IV? A Russian collusion. You see what's going on here? And that's how they roll. They do this with no evidence. Nothing. They held the country hostage. They spent $33 million on a Mueller probe based entirely on made-up research from one of his political opponents. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Hillary started the Steele dossier. She funded all of that to create a counter-narrative to a private email server. They knew it was garbage going in, and they spent $33 million you know, holding us hostage, undermining his presidency. Now you've got actual physical IRS whistleblowers. You've got former business partners on record, putting your name behind the testimony. And the media keeps going, nah, no evidence. I don't know why the Republicans, there's no evidence. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Nah, the Republicans got nothing. I mean, guys, listen, other than the 150 bank transactions, the three IRS whistleblowers, the two former business partners, the 15 shell accounts the money was funneled through, it's like, what do they really have? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I know you say the Titanic sank, but what proof do you have? Other than the thousands of lifeboats and all the dead people and that bad movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, come on, you got to do better. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Now, don't ruin that beautiful TV hair, only if we have the other headphones. Join us now in the studio. No, no, listen, the guy's having such a strong hair day. I understand it's a radio show. I'll do the listening. Every day is a strong hair day. Whoa, Chaffetz throwing down the gauntlet. Utah congressman uh, turned multimedia sensation with, according to him, a strong hair day, one of the best hair days. I mean, look who I'm up against. Well, fair. Oh, Chaffetz, shots fired. This is going to end bad for you. Jason Chaffetz is here. And we're going to try to act excited about it. All right? Here, no, good to see you, man. Good to see you. Good to see you, pal. I like the new digs. It's a, that's not what you said off the air. I said you should be more like Bob Newhart. You no, ought to have no, like a couch I'm and gonna, lay I'm down. Don't butter up now. I'm going to out you. No, I'm you got kidding. the it's fake fine. wood. Can I it tell looks something? good. It is a, the new studio looks amazing, makes the show look a lot more credible than it is. But if you were doing radio in the old studio, it is a very foreign feeling. And every, what's funny is like, we're people who do TV for a living, and TV, to execute it at the level you have to, is run in a very precise manner. Yeah. So whenever you run into an, uh, a, a like process change, we all become 80-year-old women with no filter, 
everyone, like every of the first 10 guests I had on, the minute they mics came on, they were like, what'd you do to this place? Where's the like, Yoda and all the guys? <laughs> I know everyone wants the toys. That's what Hammer said. He was all toyed. I said, like, where are the toys? Exactly. But it's a different, it's a different optic and it's a fine aesthetic and I enjoy it quite a bit. But Jason Chaffetz is here. And uh, if it sounds contentious, we're just sticking with the spirit of last night's debate where you'd have to say the heroes are Varney and Dana just because they managed not to drop an F-bomb at any point during that food fight. I think they wanted to. I oh, think they, how did they not? I, I mean, that the, was, it, was a, it was a food fight. It, was, it should have been on Bravo. It was a Real Housewives episode. The, to the interruptions, that, that doesn't serve anybody well. No. If you're going to drop somebody, challenge somebody, then step back and let it sink in and let them try to squirm out of it. Instead, they kept talking over each other. Do you know how many lines, and I bet you if we went back and listened, how many scripted lines that they thought were going to be daggers got deployed in crosstalk and weren't heard? Because that's part of the problem. Um, I was explaining this yesterday on the show as someone who does comedy for a living. Okay, we have an act. We go on stage. You know, 60% of the laughs I get tonight are my act. 40% of the plays you make talking to the crowd reacting to their reaction. But the trick is those other jokes you tell in the moment, the ones that are, whether they're scripted or not, meaning whether it's a part of your act or not, the key to making it work is saying it in the right moment where you know everyone's like, if someone's cell phone is ringing and you can't hear yourself talking, stop. You know what I mean? Don't keep telling the joke because they're not going to hear it. But they don't know that because they're not comedians. So a lot of these guys who had what they thought were jokes just deploy them at the wrong point. I thought some of them were comedians. They just couldn't deliver. (laughs) I thought they were comedians. But on like that first week of America's Got Talent or no, what's the other one? American Idol. You know when they show the bad singers? They're like that's like, it's like William Hung. It's my favorite part. And yes. she bangs, she bangs. That's that was Pence last night. And I bang a teacher. I bang a teacher. <laughs> and the problem with like a Pence joke flopping is that, especially one related to I know sleeping around. Yeah, because it's even crazier because he calls his wife mother. So it's like the joke had so much time to bomb and get creepier. But it was funny because the thing Pence does is when you give him the ball. He likes to deflate it and take the energy out of the room so everybody is in vet. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, you know, Pen- Senator Pence, uh, you know, uh, Vice President Pence on the border, and he'll go, and with the border. And I'm glad you had. And now the whole energy is dialed down. He has your attention. That's a good public speaking tool. But if you're going to tell a slow rolling train wreck of a joke, it's a bad public speaking tool. <laughs> and that's what happened to him. What, in my opinion, it was not as bad as Christie calling Trump Donald Duck. Because he had built to a good moment. Like, he should be here. He's not coming. He doesn't want it. I'm going to start calling you Donald Duck. That was embarrassing. (laughs) No, don't call us Donald Duck. Call him anything you want. Like, he would have made more headlines if he cursed and looked passionate. If he had just cut it off then. Yeah. But he tried to deliver the line he had in his Uh, head. We talked about this. I did a, a Fox Nation thing, and we talked about before. The only person I've ever seen pull off a... A pre-scripted line is Ronald Reagan yeah. when he dropped it on Walter Mondale. You knew Mondale. he was going to say that, and he's but he's a professional actor, and he knew how to deliver it, and he did perfect. it. It's the it best pitch perfect executed joke I've ever seen on a in a political level. And the difference between Reagan and the guys at the Reagan Presidential Library last night is they would have just opened with it. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. uh, good to be here, uh, Vice President Pence. I know age has been an issue. <laughs> it's like, no, that wasn't the context. Chaffetz, Jason Chaffetz is here. Uh, we're talking about the debate. What I saw last night, and I think behind the scenes it plays a big role, is, you know, there's only so many donor dollars to fly around. 
and if you want those checks to keep coming in, you want those Venmos to come your way, you know, you need to move the needle. So I saw, you know, I don't want to call it desperation, but certainly an eye on the prize. Is that why it was so contentious? Um, look, there is a lot on the line, and uh, you only get, you know, the debate like that. You know, I think the top yeah. person got like 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, look, I, personally, I thought Ron DeSantis did the best. I thought, it, I, you know what, I said that. I thought that was the, he needed to have that debate. You, you, they, they, hold on really quickly, though, because I want you to weigh in on this. Yeah, obviously, they're telling him to smile more. I told him this on the show last week, but could you see when he dismounted, he went to the smile? But, he, yeah, he couldn't do it. Everyone has a picture. If you're a boy listening to the show, you have a school picture from second or third grade. It's the most tragic smile in the world because you're not smiling. But you are over-making the face that you think is a smile. <laughs> exactly. And we all have them. I have them. Bull haircut. Lincoln's taken a few that are hanging up in my office. <laughs> and he looked like a second-grade boy over-facing for a school picture. It was, it was hilarious. I no, it's, it, that does not come naturally to the governor, no, with all due respect. And you, you, I, the authenticity, you, there's a, there are intangibles that happen that I think people see. You know, one thing, like... Vivek Ramaswamy actually really surprised me. He's an important voice. You can talk about, you know, coming yeah. out of nowhere. But he did he does two things. First of all, I thought he was he was the one that turned and morphed into a, the politician. Yes, absolutely. You know, you all are bought and paid for, yeah. and then they come back and say, Oh, I'd pick any one yes. of you in my cabinet. I call this out. So the, la the first debate, he was like, you're all a bunch of super pack puppets. When they put it back in his face last night, he was like, Whoa, whoa, spirit of Ronald Reagan. 11th we commandment. Don't, we don't smack talk each other here. Yes. <laughs> like, he was such a politician. Oh, it was perfect. The other thing that he does, I want you to watch the tape. Next time you watch the tape, you can't stop. Once you see it, mm -hmm. you won't be able to stop seeing it. He wags his finger. Yes, he does. Now, you can say, oh, well, we're all about the substance and stuff. But don't people don't like having no. somebody wag their finger in their face. My man Tim Scott's doing the Bill Clinton thumb. And I, it's, he does a Clinton thumb. You know, some of those gestures, you're right. They don't work. You know, they're not. And they're endearing. subconscious. You're not really thinking about it, but you can't just wag your finger on every answer. Yeah. <laughs> when you're also trying to say, I, you know, humbly, I, I've got a lot to learn and I'm not a know it all, even uh, though I know I know more than you do. It was so amazing because it was like, you know, how they have an S&M safe word. His S&M safe word was Reagan. If things got a little too crazy. I'm going to go on the record and say, I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, I Stop it. <laughs> you ever seen his laptop? They call him the Hunter Biden of Fox News. He, <laughs> he runs the whole. There's actually a blind repairman outside that wants to speak to you right now, Chaffetz. I don't have to take this. Next question. <laughs> Jason Chaffetz is here. We're excited about it. Uh, some of the best moments. Some of the best, some seriously, some of the best, some of the best moments belong to the moderators because they had to like threaten to shut up. You know, oh, shut Dana Perino, when she shut down Mike Pence. Hey, yeah. why don't you answer the question? That was the grab about Obamacare. Yes. <laughs> she asked him about Obamacare. He pivots to the Parkland shooting. <laughs> so she tried to take a shot at DeSantis somehow. And she's like, so uh, yay or nay on the Obamacare. That's <laughs> great. No, the I, way she did it, short, sweet, to the point, just mm -hmm. looking right at him. Mm -hmm. The camera caught it perfectly, mm -hmm. and she was right. that She asked about Obamacare, and they're talking about shooting. That, But that's you know a point I saw her make on Newsroom today that I thought was interesting, and they all did this last night because they knew microphone time is scarce when the fierce is this big. When she asked them her opening question, they, they answered every question that was going to be asked that night. Like she yes. asked Tim Scott, all right, so the economy, Bidenomics, huh? 
And he was like, well, with this border and these schools and that pandemic reaction and the weak foreign policy we showed in Afghanistan. (laughs) He's like, you know, if a train leaves Chicago at the same time that an electric car were to leave Washington. I'm going to check every box. Every policy position I have at hello. And he got into race. He got right all the way. He's just like, you know, I'm going to make my points. Uh, But I thought in, in truth. The opening exchange, because Tim Scott did exactly what Dana said he did. Vivek came out of the gate, Vivek, with a lot more heat there. He actually contrasted against Scott looked good. But as the debate went on, he had the same issue with me last time. He can make substantive points, but I'm usually watching a debate with someone who doesn't follow politics. So they are reacting to human nature and stuff. And they thought he looked a little wormy. They did. And I said this on Fox and Friends first today. And I like him. He's been on the show. I just think it's an art form to coming off likable when there's that much fire, crossfire going. And make no mistake, they want him out of there. No, and he, he makes solid points. He's an important voice, like mm-hmm. I said. But a little too slick. Yeah, a yeah. little too... Yeah. yeah. You can't go from you're all bought and paid for to, hey, we don't attack each other in this party. <laughs> <laughs> you are literally a puppet for a special interest group, you garbage shell of a human being. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't call names here. But even though you do that, I would put you in my cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be counting on you to advise my, me like yeah. I do. Because I, you know, yeah. I, I get advice from people I don't... We're talking to Jason Chaffetz. Uh, It's, listen, we're in the kiss and cry room. The gymnasts did their little routine. Now we're giving them their scores. Uh, I'll go across the board because I think the metric we're working on here is, you know, we're grading them on how they did against each other. But the reality is at some point, two or three of them are going to wind up on a debate stage with Trump when the field shrinks. He will debate at some point, even though he says he shouldn't have to. You know, when we're down to three guys and we start pulling voting levers in January, he's going to have to debate somebody. So did you see anybody who you thought could hang? I thought DeSantis could hang with him. I'm not saying beat him, but I'm saying I thought he, you know, could articulate his positions well. Did you see anybody else out there? Um, I, I think at this point they need to raise the bar. Yeah. Doug Berger made a lot of good sage yeah. points. But my overall theme in this, I think DeSantis scores and, and grows his base and support by just saying, look, I took all the arrows, which yeah. is literally what he said. In Florida, we made it happen. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of Americans are looking out saying, why isn't my state more like Florida? I mean, you know, taxes are going down. Education's well, yeah. doing great. You know, um, all of those things. He said he did it. Uh-huh. Bergram's case is you all ought to be like Fargo. And I don't hear America <laughs> chanting Fargo, Fargo. Like he may be making a point. Got yes. wonderful people out there. It's, it's great. Well managed state. Mm-hmm. But I, he's just not going to be the next president. I don't think United so States. either. And, and let, let me tell you something like Fargo. This is one thing I resent about them. My, we have a great station, right? Yeah. WZFG, the flag. I know you know all about them, too. But they come here in the winter. It's the funniest thing because they make a point to come in the winter so they can humiliate me. Because this is what they do. They'll come like Scott Hennon and the gang. He brings like a big delegation of like 60 Fargo people. It'll be like 38 degrees. And they're outside because they're from Fargo in like Hawaiian shirts. Hey, let's go to the park. Yeah, and we're all like <laughs> sitting here burning garbage cans to stay warm. And are like, you wouldn't happen to have a beach volleyball, would you? And they come here to demoralize us in the winter. He never visits in the summer. Never. Never early fall. It's always like, yeah, Hennon's coming the week of the tree lighting. So in that regard, I, I despise them. But I do love the station. But you're right. I mean, this is the truth. Florida is the face of, you know, I think a thriving state. And I think it's made bigger by the fact that Newsom has spent so much money 
trying to contrast California to Florida. Yeah. I'm like, but dude, you shouldn't be picking that fight. California's in bad shape. Yeah. But this is why I bring up Newsom. He agreed to debate DeSantis on Hannity. Love it. I, I love it too, but there's no war- way in the world he's not quietly running right now. I mean, you're not doing this way. You, like me and you can agree that this is theater and they're going to make it look like he's the accidental nominee. He didn't want it. You all saw him out there stumping for Joe, but lo and behold, and they make him look like an, a, a hero, a begrudging hero. Is that where this is headed? I mean, he's the governor of California, but he just happened to be in Simi Valley trolling the Republican <laughs> debate, Yo, doing interviews with S- Hannity and, and CNN. Let's not and pretend Sacramento's around the block. Yeah, you know exactly. So, um, look, we and I've said this several times, but Gavin Newsom's the kind of guy who wakes up in the morning, looks in the mirror and says, good morning, Mr. President. <laughs> he just does. He wants it so bad. You know when you're so committed to not running in 2024 that you'll leave the California governor's mansion and fly to Georgia for a primetime debate with Ron DeSantis? Yeah, just, just to show the world how committed you are to not running. How good California is. <laughs> <laughs> Chafe, it's you see through it, man. That's what I appreciate. Um, in closing, because I do think that's where this is headed, and you've told me Biden is not going to be the nominee. Does the filing deadline play a role in this, or can the Democrats, if they know it's going to be not a primary, like a legitimate primary, they're just going to Biden's going to leave and one guy's going to run? Is there a clock we should be looking at, or no? In that case, well, each state is different. Okay, um, and but at this point, you know, Democrats can end up nominating. It's going to be really hard if a major party nominates somebody to not allow them to be on the ballot. Mm -hmm. Democrats have talked about excluding Trump. That would be obviously people would be so outraged by that. They want to be able to vote for it. But I think every day they burn daylight um, by keeping Joe Biden in place. We all know he's just not going to be the nominee. So you're telling me they have to book him at another hip hop seminar. I always thought that (laughs) I always thought that they would be would be out by the end of not out of the office, but Mm -hmm. out of the running for Uh the next election. By the end of the year, uh-huh. Thanksgiving looks okay. more and more plausible at okay. this point. Well, I you, just, he well, stumbles every well, – they put the stumbling commission together. That's, that's the greatest thing in the world. Isn't that? <laughs> and then he stumbles on the first day of going on the short step. Oh, man. Well, The listen, short bus. If he does win, I have it on good authority that at the inauguration, LLJ Cool is going to play. Yep. He has booked LLJ Cool. So you got that to look forward to. <laughs> Jason Chaffetz. There he goes. We're back after this. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Antonio waiting patiently in Mississippi, and he knows how to fix the border. Antonio! Good afternoon, Jimmy. How you doing? I'm great, but I'm I'm blown. The fact that you, you, this is a big opener. You get on the phone, you're like, yeah, I'll fix the border. I mean, it's a pretty high bar, but I'm I'm listening. You got me. Yes, I think I have an idea how to rectify the problem. Okay. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to say I love your show. Oh, I listen you. to the show every day, every afternoon. Love the show. Hot Thanks damn. for the entertainment. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so here's my perspective. First, I, I just want to get in an uh, analogy before I get to my main point on how to rectify the problem. Uh, it, it's, uh, I talked to your producer, and as I told him, I am a second-generation Mexican-American. Okay? So, Love that. Yes, sir. So here's my take on it. Uh, here's my analogy. Okay, 
if you do the show every day, before you do the show every day, I'm pretty sure you and your team uh, orchestrate a plan on the talking points for the day, and you have your notes already laid out for the show, right? You, you just don't go in it. Dude, have you heard the show? The show? <laughs> Look, I All right, but I see where you're headed. Yeah. I'm, I see where you're headed, so keep going. Go ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, you and your team prep for the show. Okay, so what if I take all your notes and tell you you and your producer cannot uh, prep for the show and talk over your talking points for the day? Mm-hmm. The show probably not going to be as good because I pretty much depleted you of all your resources, yes. right, if I take I'm, away your notes and, okay, and all this. Hold on, you know, be transparent. Let me... If you don't mind. No, no, I'm just telling you we have 30 seconds, so I want to make sure you get to the other end so I don't have you don't lose the commercial. Go ahead. Take it well, away. Well, uh, let me remind you, remind you of history. In 1846, correctly if I'm wrong, your ancestors, illegal European uh, immigrants, invaded my ancestor country and not, depleted us of cool. over 50%. Uh, buddy, our- I love you. We're in a commercial break. Let's do it again. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) Back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America. The word on the street is our producer has booked Tudor Dixon for a full hour. He should be behind bars. A lot of people (laughs) feel that way, but I have decided to go through with it anyway. I got a bad feeling about this. No, no, it's going to be fine. Uh, If the off-air conversation is any indication, (laughs) she can't hear anything I'm saying anyway. So how is this going to go wrong? But joining us now in studio, the lovely and talented Tudor Dixon. (laughs) That's real crowd noise, guys. I'm not just playing that. You can attest. I mean, how you even got in here with the people gathering outside is an accomplishment unto itself. But good to see you. Thank you. Welcome back to New York. Thank you. for Your scene has totally changed. I walked in and I said, oh, no, they've changed, Jimmy. He's no longer the same. (laughs) At the end of the movie, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, right? So the way it ends is Jack Nicholson goes to he's in a nut house and he becomes like a rebel. And he doesn't behave, he doesn't follow orders, he doesn't take the meds. And at the end of the movie, like, they've sent him in for shock treatment. And his friend knows he's been brainwashed and he's not the same anymore. So when Nicholson's sleeping, he chokes him out with a pillow. And it's funny because you walked in here, made a comment about how I had changed, and started looking at the pillows. You have a pillow right now. (laughs) So as a guy who saw one flow over the cookies, I'm like, I'm going to get choked out on the air by a pillow. That's what, no, I had that exact experience. I'm like, oh, he's gone. There's no toys. (laughs) And your outfit is looking, like you could wear that and nobody would look I, I expect when you go into stores or restaurants, yeah. people are like, why is he wearing that? But this, I wouldn't even look. <laughs> I wouldn't even look. And you would have just let me be. You <laughs> just, you? You're saying this is not the usual cry for help it's you would expect? way too normal. Yeah, because I, I, everybody who sees me can't tell if I'm on my way to figure skate in the Olympics. Like a loud western Yeah, but not today. Well, this is what happened, okay? Today, I'm just in between outfits because I was filming something for Saturday night. Laundry day? What? I don't get it. I was here. Uh, I had to do a little debate preview last night, and then I had TV at 5 in the morning, so they put me up at the hotel next door, but I was, like, in between wardrobes. So you're seeing um, – I have a lot of clothes in my office, as you'd imagine, uh, but what I'm dressed for right now is two different occasions because I was wearing what I was wearing to a shoot earlier. I had a TV hit. I was on Fox Friends, but I didn't want to stay in that tie attire, so I took it off, and now I'm dressed like – 
Um, I can't, I can't I'm in like color me bad. Because I've got like funky boots on, but I'm wearing like a t-shirt and a sport coat. I could have like a gold chain over it. You're just too normal. Tudor Dixon is here, and she is making friends left and right. (laughs) I can't complain because Sarah said to me, she said, are you going to go change before you go, right? And I was like, why do I, do I need to change to go on radio? And she's like, but there's video. People will see you. This is me. This is real me. No, no, listen to me. There's no video. They've all logged off. (laughs) <laughs> they, they story where it's just I was just t- informed it's just radio. There's one guy listening by the name of Ray Charles. Uh, but other than that, uh, we have no one else watching. Thanks to what you did. The funny thing is, you're like, do you want to wear these headphones, or is it going to mess up your hair? And I know Sarah was like, oh, how could you mess that up? It looks horrible. Is Sarah, is Sarah like an abusive stage mom? She Does is. she walk totally. around she giving you a hard my time? Younger, my younger stage mom. Trying she's to like keep you, but yet. she tries to keep you accountable. Yeah, rush I'm, you up a little between routines. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's funny because in terms of technology, you're the closest I know to an Amish person. Like, I handed you the headphones. Have you ever seen when a dog hears its owner's voice on an answering machine and it can't possibly like, how's he in there? I don't understand. I hear him, but he's not there. And like, I handed you headphones and you look like a dog listening to an answering machine. They're I, headphones. It's sad. You host a podcast and people love it. <laughs> but Do I they put the headphones they on They make you? it so I don't have to wear headphones. No, I just oh, have that little thing. Oh, I see. Because so, they're like, <laughs> this nothing is, too challenging. This woman was about to run a state, Stop. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this, is, this is why, also, I'll hear, I'll hear about that later too, sir. Oh, But that's tutor. fine. Yeah, it's people true. People want human they want humanity they like to hear that you might not be good with headphones it's relatable just a thing okay? i know i lo- i mean i'm very free with how you know the other night i was on fox at night and mm. they asked me they asked me or with um trace gallagher he yep. says um what is what feature would you like to change about your body that is a really awkward question to have to answer if you could change anything what would you like to change wow. about your body uh-huh. i'm like I don't. I do. I want people to know that. You'd rather I feel like hear that's it on. Going to come back to haunt me. <laughs> well, you'd rather hear it on the air than in a hot tub. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you could only <laughs> fix part of this, <laughs> right? But but you know, people have already told me multiple things that they would fix. Is that so, true? Oh yeah, all the. T- but the biggest, the main comment I get, and this is what I said, the main comment I get is that I have really knobby knees, and knobby I'm like, knees? you've been heard, folks. What do you do about it? There's nothing. My favorite thing in the world of the people offering visual critiques are Twitter users who don't have a profile picture. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, you won't even show your face to the world. I know. And like, yeah, I'm so sharing my TV. knees. Yeah. And your knees. I mean, which is incredible. I mean, I listen, there are jokes that can be made. Okay, I won't make them. No, uh, if, you are welcome. We were at to. the Holland Civic Center. No, I know you could take the joke. I just want to get us to a substantive place because I know we're going right back off the rails anyway. I just want for the sake of the story, I want to be able to claim that we covered like one adult thing. Yes, yes. So when did I this, heard there was a debate last So when night. did this issue start with your knees? No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> let's get into the knees for a second, okay? Uh, we've paid a lot of money for these pictures on OnlyFans. Are you telling me they weren't your feet? (laughs) Is that what you're telling? Level with the American people. I've recently learned that there are all kinds of places that people who are trying to become elected officials can share body parts. (laughs) There it is! That's the tutor we know and love! Especially if you're in Virginia. Let's talk about it. That's the thing. Now, to be clear, okay, 
that candidate has done a lot to raise people's poll numbers, just not hers. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's the problem because she's going backwards. But she also did a lot to raise money, let's face it. Yeah, hey, and well, not every politician's willing to go there, you no, know? Well, well, I mean. Some people lose just yeah, because of the money. She knew that. She knew. No, listen, <laughs> that's the thing. They, they, but they don't know how much she raised because they paid her in singles. So they're still counting it up right now. Do you pay in Bitcoin? Like, what is? I mean, I don't even understand. But it. I love this. Tudor Dixon's in studio. Uh I have theories about this because it is hurting her in Virginia, but I think part of the reason it's now hurting her in Virginia is because we had a Lauren Boebert incident and the Democrats were apoplectic about it. So now they have to act like, well, we can't have it this way and have it that way. And I think it came back to bite her in the butt. But I think we're past that with our politics. Like, I, I almost do. Because- I don't know. I I, but I come from a different place. Like literally yesterday, I thought – so the west side of Michigan is very conservative. You were there. Yeah. I was on the east side of Michigan yesterday at President Trump's event, and there were two little boys in the front, and he says hell sometimes mm-hmm. when he's talking. Oh, mm-hmm. what the hell, that blah, blah, blah. And I know I took note. These two little boys who are probably third, fourth grade both covered their ears and looked at their mom, oh. and their mom was like – were they you being know, funny or were they no, actually no, no, they were No, no, they were horrified. They were definitely – and my girls would have the same reaction. Yep. So I think that there are still parents out there who go, oh, come on. There's a level yeah. you can't cross. Yeah, yeah. You're, you either – you're trying to become an elected or, I mean, Lauren Boebert is an elected official. Yeah. And that's just – you got to – you know what's right and wrong. Yeah, no, I agree. Tudor Dixon's in studio drawing the line. Uh, it's in. A, it's, it's in. To be clear, it's Tudor Dixon. It's erasable ink. It is. But she's drawing the line. Publicly, <laughs> you cannot. No, no, I agree. There should be some decorum. But at PSA, because uh, you talked about the kids cringing at the Trump rally, don't bring your kids to the comedy show. You guys, it's not because <laughs> we you? can't make it work. No, this is the truth. Okay, <laughs> if you see kids at the comedy show, straight up, what you do is, and you have to do this. Okay, if you don't address the kids and make it. Filthy. This is what veteran comics do. I went so Larry Amaros do this. He's like, oh, look, we got a kid here. How old are you? 12? And he just said every word, F-P-B-S, welcome to the comedy show. <laughs> and everyone just laughed, and that just became a running part of the night. You're learning stuff tonight! Because if you just do your show as if the kid's not there, everyone knows he is. And they have a different reaction to your jokes because yeah. they're subconscious of the kid being there, you know. So you've got to be able to own that. So I, sometimes I, w- I would imagine Trump has moments where he interacts with the kids. Uh, but I can tell you at a showing of Beetlejuice, there's no way of knowing if you're diffusing that bomb if you're getting handsy in the theater. So I agree with you there. Defense wins championships, you guys. Uh, but let's talk about this. You were at the Trump rally in Michigan yes. last night. Um, how was that reception? I saw none of it. I was because I was watching Fox. Right. So it was very interesting because, you know, you you get a, you hear a lot of critiques that he's not at the debates and but you keep seeing his numbers go up. So I felt like what could it really be like on the east side of Michigan? We drive up and there are massive crowds outside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all they're not planning to go in. They're yeah. just out there to Hanging hold out. up the signs. Yeah. yeah. And then we go in and the place is packed and the energy was intense and there the crowd was interacting. And, you know, the more the crowd interacts, the more he yeah, yeah. gets energized. And so then when we left, I thought – we walked out. It was pouring rain. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, gosh, we got to get to the car. No one moved. Everybody waited for him to leave. There were still the people that were out there were waiting for him out there, and they just wanted to watch him drive by. I was personally like, "Come on, folks, let's get out of here. I'd like to get out <laughs> but, of the rain." But he's becoming <laughs> he's like a, he's like a lot of people's Grateful Dead. They follow him around the country totally. like a Volkswagen bus. Yes. That's really funny. Um, but I get it. There's a passion that it doesn't exist for other people. So I think you know 
Having watched last night's debate, um, it makes sense right now that he's not there because here's the truth, okay? He's up 50 points. You know, the thing that really stands out on debate night is if somebody has a breakout move. But you can't have a breakout against eight other people that are polling at 5%. They can only have the breakout if it's aimed at him. So it's like he doesn't have anything to gain. He has a lot to lose. But I do think he'll wind up debating when there's three of them left. I just think in this scenario, it doesn't you know, help shrink the field. So it probably was a waste of his time in that regard. I would like to have watched it uh, because I think he could have did better with nicknames than Donald Duck from Chris Christie <laughs> or Mike Pence's attempt to make a joke about shagging his wife. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was a moment where – so I, was, I watched it afterward as we were driving back to the hotel, and I'm watching it, and I literally stopped in my tracks, and I said, did I just hear – Mike Pence talk about his sleeping <laughs> with someone. This is the problem. Okay. And you give me your take and I'll tell you what the problem is. As a guy who has to do comedy for a living. Okay. First of all, if you're going to tell a joke doesn't work, you need that to happen as quickly as possible. <laughs> so you can move on to the one that does or, you know, get him past that. But this was not, I mean, that's the problem. It's not a time for joking. No. And you have to really know it. Um, yeah. But he tried and I give him credit for trying. I mean, they're all out there trying really hard mm-hmm. and you hear a lot of good things. But I just, it's hard because we're not hearing enough. There's not enough time when you have seven people. That's You're what right. it is. When There's not enough microphone people. to go around. Yes. So it's like if you whacked five people off that stage, the the, the guy who talked the most. <laughs> would, such no, but, a New York No, but I'm just say. saying. it was. I know, you whacked him. Not like I don't want to kill him. It's not like a mafia <laughs> thing. Okay. But 12 minutes was the maximum talk time. It ranged from 12 to 8. So if you got... Five people, four people off of that stage, max talk time would have made it as high as like 18, 20 minutes. You would have got to see a lot more of them. Um, And I think you're right that it would have made a better, you know, for a more substantive debate because it was so much like crosstalk. Like, you know, they were basically emceeing a prison riot as moderators. But do you think that it stems from the fact that these guys know they're not going to be on that stage much longer? If they don't have a breakout play, so they were just all forcing the issue, is that what it looked like? That's what – so it was different for me this time because the first time I was in there watching. So I was live, and, and I think when you're live in there, you can see who's who's yelling out. Yeah. And so the debate feels like a true debate. When you're watching on TV, all of these voices in the background, you can't identify who they are. They're no talking idea. over each other. Mm-hmm. And this time I think it was more. Yeah. I couldn't tell for sure, but I think it was more people trying to, like you said, have that breakout moment. And so I, I felt like the viewers were probably, I saw someone say, I think the viewers were probably at a certain point checking out. And I think even to a certain extent I did, because I'm like, I don't know who's talking. Yeah. I felt bad for the moderators. Mm-hmm. They were, but everybody, you're right. Everybody is trying to get up out of single digits. Yeah, Almost everybody on that stage is single digits Yeah, right oh, No, now. that was, I said, I would have that debate again, same moderators, but it should have been on Bravo. Because it was a Real Housewives <laughs> episode. Like, they should have given them wine and let them throw wine at it. Like, should have all that hair pulling for the guy. I mean, for the guys who had hair. You know, it's not an option for all of us. But we'll get there. Tudor Dixon is in studio against our better judgment. More of this when Thank we you. come back. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's America's life coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. When you have the president of the United States sleeping with a member of the teachers union, there is no chance that you could take the stranglehold away from the teachers union every day. By way of full disclosure, Chris, you mentioned the president's situation. I'm 
my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers union, but I got to admit, I've, I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And the um, so full disclosure. That was the Mike Pence comedy tour, uh, tour bus <laughs> running into a little trouble outside of Des Moines, uh, wherever they were, Simi Valley, two dejections in studio. Uh, I get on with Pence well when I see him. I get a kick out of him. But this is the problem with that joke. His cadence, which is very good for commanding the attention of the room, if you're making an awkward <laughs> joke, it's going to get more attention than it would if you just had a throwaway joke. But, again, they were trying to be funny and stand out and have moments. But I think the reality is I think in this big of a field, absent running into the crowd and giving Gavin Newsom a wedgie, and you could have. He was there. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. And he is the villain in an 80s movie, which I mean, those guys are never tough. Totally. No, I, I, I was talking to someone the other day and I said, I mean, if you have somebody described to you like that evil guy that you oh. should never date, who yeah. is actually someone that has come from, you know, yeah. down below, uh-huh. it's a slick talking, yep. big hair, oh, yeah. perfect teeth guy from California. It's Gavin Newsom. Are you telling me like, okay. In the original Karate Kid, if the guy <laughs> totally who played couldn't. Johnny couldn't make it, he had a twisted ankle or something, so the Cobra Kai, he was Johnny. He couldn't have been the villain who fought Daniel LaRusso in Karate Kid. He is. He looks, I mean, but and he's so slick that he scares me because we, when you see him and yeah. he talks to Hannity, you're like, okay, yeah, he's good. I actually believe the things he's saying, even though I don't believe yeah, the yeah. things he's saying. And then you see some of our candidates and you're like, oh, stop talking about sleeping with your wife. <laughs> You know, but I love, look, I love Mike Pence. He's actually, you meet him in person. He's like so salt to the earth, sweet guy. But him having that joke is like your parents making a sex joke about each other. And you're like, no, 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 my ears are bleeding. Especially because he calls his wife mother. (laughs) So there's just like an extra (laughs) level of weird. I guarantee you, Tudor, we could get this solved by the I guarantee you we could find out, like, which type of porn searches spiked after those sex. Because that always <laughs> happens. And I'll tell you some really interesting categories. Like oh, the kind gosh. of stuff my producers look at, which is, oh, wow. Oh, Tudor Dixon's in the studio. We're talking about it. Adam is in Hempstead, Texas. And Adam had a theory he wanted to share. Adam! Yes, sir. How you doing, Jimmy? We love you, man. Oh, hey, I know why Vivek mm-hmm. is squirmy, man. Mm-hmm. It was because Nikki Haley probably reminded him of, you know, somebody's mom or somebody's Ooh. wife. Listen to me. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, Nikki yeah. Haley wanted to solve the national debt, though, you know how much money she could make yelling at guys like me? I would pay Nikki Haley to yell at me, though. <laughs> Adam, you don't think that's a little hot? Come on. you never been beat up on Craigslist? Hey, I said, I said she sounds like my wife. <laughs> oh, Adam! <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe wife number two. I don't know what the scenarios are. Uh, but I listen, I get it. But part of the other reason they were ganging up on him, too. Uh, is he's open to a lot of shots because there was a lot of hypocrisy. So whenever it came his way, he was like, well, Ronald Reagan, in the spirit of Reagan, we don't attack each other. But last time around, he's like, you're all a bunch of bought and paid for shills. Right. So right. it was a little bit, a little bit of have it both ways, Adam. But that's what you say. You say Nikki was a little bit of a scold. Should I tell Nikki you consider her a Karen? No, I mean, I, I mean, she's lovely. Oh, yeah. oh, he has to yeah. be careful. He just Dude, said it sounds like in. his wife. Hey, we know what Adam was searching on the porn <laughs> site after those comments. Excellent work, Adam. We'll let you get back to your laptop. Don't forget to delete your search history. Wow, it is getting spicy. We said it would halfway through the hour with the one and only Tudor Dixon, who will stick with us.
yes. the rest of the way. My goodness. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. it is fox across america with jimmy Fallon. tudor dixon is here we're trying to humanize her carry her through the hour <laughs> so she doesn't seem like a stiff politician uh which is not true the reason we love you on the show and you're on a lot is you roll you're a human being we were talking about the need in our politics in this day and age you need to be human because this is the reality in the multimedia age. You're not running for president. You're running for class president. It's right. just reality. The students have to like you in the hallways. You have to smile. You have to be fun. You have to be relatable. That's why they're taking attempts at humor. You know, not always landing, but, you know, they're, they're learning. It's only debate number two. Some of these guys have one more debate to go. <laughs> right, right. But people are confused by that because it didn't used to be that way. I know. So I find a lot of Republicans that are stuck in campaigning of 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you're not – you you go out there and you shake hands. But, you know, now today, I mean, last night when I was at that event, uh-huh. I had, you know, you see everybody that you, I was campaigning, they see me and they're just, they want to hug you. They yeah. want to hold your hands and look in your eyes and talk to you. Yeah. And that's, some people don't get that. Yeah. Some people don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So if you're not that person, it's hard to campaign today. Oh, no question. It's a very, it's a very, it's a petting zoo now. Yeah. In, in some I, cities, it's a heavy petting zoo. No, I always say my biggest fear during the campaign was lice because yeah. I would go places and people rub their head on your head. Like constantly. <laughs> I'm like, everywhere I go, I'm like, I'm getting lice. Everyone rubs their head against your head in a loving, hoggy way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are you going to do? No, no, I get it. I mean, but that is why I keep telling people Michelle Obama is never running for president. (laughs) She's got she's making never running. Totally. Giving up her life for this. I know. I've said that everybody said, oh, it's going to be Michelle Obama. I'm like, I don't even think she liked being first lady. No, she doesn't want to do this. She's hanging out on a yacht with Bono. Yeah, exactly. Give that up to go see the butter cow. I I want to be I want to run to be Michelle Obama. Yeah, that's the gig. Can we get that gig? Right. Can we just skip the White House? million do nothing yeah. here's a book deal you know why else she's never gonna run and this matters okay all those fat school kids she took french fries from can now vote <laughs> that was like 12 years ago every one of those fat kids wanted fraud believe me they did with the fattest country in the world if you don't think that's damaging opposition research michelle obama wrong that's why fries. so rfk is out there talking about this and the, mm-hmm. and the food stuff is serious i mean mm-hmm. if you've talked yeah. to some of these folks that have researched it it mm-hmm. is serious and we do see kids that are over weight today but nobody talks about it because you the the kids have positive. their adults are the yeah. same yeah, you yeah. know they're like don't you well, tell plus me they just you're change my yeah. food <laughs> <laughs> but they're also just encouraging it because like it's body positive <laughs> right exactly well because we all want to feel better i'm like oh, no gosh. but it doesn't work that way because the tough love helps out sometimes that's right that's what i say the only upside of course to you know all the obese kids is kidnappings are down because you just you can't get them in the car. <laughs> I mean, at the speed you need heavy. to move these kids, it's no way. You try being a kidnapper and a hatchback in this day and age, there's no chance. Um, and then this Ozempic. My mom is talking about Ozempic. Oh, you've, everybody's taking Ozempic. Mm-hmm. Your cousin. Now you have to go to. You can go to a medical spa and get yeah. these things. It's like a knockoff Ozempic. Who was? Yeah. I mean, no way. I'm no, not. We've trying lost that. our mind. But this is what happened. The age of Instagram made everybody so image conscious at the same time. Um, but the reason politics changed, it was not Trump, who was very charismatic and entertaining. It was Obama. Obama made Trump possible because what happened with yes. Obama is he had nothing at all to run on, but they made him cool. He was cool. He was a hot topic president. Mm-hmm. And he got into the race and just had, you know, f- sweet slogans and 
stole some rhetoric from Deval Patrick and, you know, yes, we can, hope and change, and away he went. But exactly but what you're was, saying is yes. why I fear Gavin Newsom. Yeah, because he has that, that charisma. He, yes. I, he is that guy. And Bill like, Clinton had it, too. Oh, abs- did he ever? Yeah. Okay, he shared it a lot, too. <laughs> yes, he, he did. He didn't keep it to himself. I mean, you talk about voter outreach. I mean, I just narrowly escaped him. I was not that much younger than Monica Whoa. Lewinsky. Oh, I did not Thank know goodness that. goodness I was not in D.C. Tudor Dixon. Uh, but I got to tell you, um, the way it works now, and this matters, okay, because the game has been changed. You are absolutely running for class president. It started with Obama because of the, the cool, hot topicy thing that he did, and yes, we can, and all that. Wasn't a particularly good president, but they loved him because he was the brand. And oddly, as much as he hated Trump, he created Trump mm-hmm. because people finally saw once and for all that even the most relatable, charismatic, one of us guys is still full of it once he gets into office. Because what did Obama do? I mean, it's the, the, one, the one strategic error the Republicans made, okay, in the Obama administration was calling it Obamacare. And they did that mm-hmm. because they wanted to tie it to him and slander it. But if they would have just stuck with the point of the bill, it was called the Affordable Care Act, it would have drawn attention to the fact that premiums went up 500% in a lot of markets. Right. Like, we were at a point under Obama when we had health care under Obama. For real, This is a true story. We had health care. Jenny needed to get her appendix out. I was a cab driver. It was cheaper to drop our health care and just pay for it out of pocket than it was to pay our premium and our deductible. Right. Think about that. I know. It's it's terrible. Called it nobody a, talked about that. They told, called it a Cadillac plan because you had to steal a Cadillac and resell <laughs> it to meet your deductible. Like, you know what I mean? But if we were calling it the Affordable Care Act and talking about the price because it was bad all in all for health care, giving $50 billion to Iran, not the best Right. Yeah, I mean, if you had a house down the block that was like death, death to the Dixons, mm. I don't know that you guys Venmo them a pile of money. I don't know that you do, but we did, and he got away with it because he was cool. But these are the things. I mean, still, yeah. you you talk about that. We just gave six billion to Iran, mm-hmm. and Iran is one of these most terrifying countries on earth right now Uh i mean and has been and so you see these things happening but these are not the points we hear in these debates and i think that's the kind of thing that i'm a little upset about we talked about Mm -hmm. they they can't talk for long enough yeah and so we just hear a few talking points so i am anxious to get to the point where we're whittling it down to three people yeah we need three two what they should be doing at this point even if they're starting with eight game show style so people get points for answers and you eliminate the low score of <laughs> each round. Right. So last night you start with eight. By the second round, you're down to four. Mm-hmm. Third round, you're down to two. And then they get 20 minutes each to round this thing out. That, I actually think that's productive. You know right. what I mean? That would be good. Um, 888-788-9910. Larry in your home state of Michigan. Ooh. Larry! Hey, Jimmy. My man. How you doing? Thank you. Of course, Larry. It's a high up. Go ahead. You, I, are I, the, you are the perfect you are the perfect replacement for for Rush. Whoa. You're great. Well, listen, I was going to thank but, you. I was going to thank you cuz I finally got a person from Michigan on this show that I like. But uh <laughs> Thanks. We'll take it. You got a question but, for Tudor, Larry? Yes. Um why isn't anyone investigating uh Gretchen Whitmer and uh oh, I forget our last governor, Oh, uh, what's her name? <laughs> oh, Granholm. Uh, Granholm. Jennifer Gran- Yeah, Granholm. Granholm. 
why isn't anyone following the money from all this land that's being sold to the Chinese here in Michigan and Marshall, Michigan, and by Macosta? Well, the Biden administration came out and they said that this is outside of their purview, that they have no control over what's happening in Michigan. How convenient for them. And if you look at Michigan, who's going to investigate it? Because Dana Nessel is certainly not going to investigate her own governor. This is, I mean, it really is a problem. We have some seriously shady things happening in the state. And we have no one that can go up against these people. And even the folks that some of the folks that are involved in it in Green Township are part of this. We have asked for investigations. We've called for this. It's not happening, but we do have investigative reporters that are they are exposing this. We've been blessed to have Fox exposing this. I think it has obviously helped with the people rising up against it. Now, they're still bringing Goshen to Michigan. We're still questioning who got the money. We see that, you know, I, there was a story just a few weeks ago that um, even Alyssa Slotkin got money from the attorneys who are connected to the lobbyists that are connected to Goshen. I mean, all of the money is somehow connecting back to these politicians and the local officials in the town. And it does have to be trace it. And, and if we can't investigate, we have to at least publicly acknowledge that this is going on, that in some cases it looks as if it's a pay for play. Crazy, Larry. Uh, well said, by the way, everything she said, I agree. Like you could you could actually hear me humming America the Beautiful as you spoke because you were spot on. <laughs> Larry, we need accountability. And this is the part of our politics that's failing us. You've probably heard me say this on the show, Larry, a hundred times. OK, we fund this chicanery that gets sent to Washington, that, get, that, that gets sent to a governor's mansion. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes the fact that we want to beat the other party is so much more important to us than making sure the stuff we fund is doing our, you know, Doing our bidding, is that the right term, Tudor? You're the one with the education here. No, I, I think that it's it's key that we talk about things yeah. like this right now because you have Gretchen Whitmer. I mean, if I take if I go outside of the Chinese corporations and I just look at the strike, mm-hmm. where has she been? Yeah. You have heard nothing oh, from no, her. No, but she it. was endorsed by the manufacturers and she was endorsed by the union. So wouldn't you think if you were that close to these people and this is your your yeah, state's yeah. entire industry. Mm-hmm. Now, we already see non-union shops shutting down and laying off workers. She has not sat down with these two groups. No, you stop it. She's, hang, she's hanging out. There's a new thing. that We talked about trends. Larry, brilliant call, by the way. I'm going to take it from here with your permission. Oh, sure. Thank uh, you, Jim. Oh, what a guy, Larry. Larry, honestly, it was a good call, but I don't appreciate the question because Tudor came off so smart, <laughs> and our relationship does not run on that, Larry. <laughs> we need some type of superiority. Like me having to say, like, shake my head yes. You really you took me down a peg, Larry, but I love you, man. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm kidding, Larry. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate You're it. You're the best, brother. Have a great day. No, I know you're spot on, but what's going on, and we've accepted this now, there is – Somehow, such a um, a pronounced decline in the quality of everything, and part of that even happens to be political work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the reasons I was screaming about the Senate, you know, dress code. They finally reversed it, but it's a Senate. You oh, should be they held. Did reverse it. When yeah, did that la- like late last night. Oh, oh what wow. happened is Menendez got mad because if you do away with sport coats, he can't <laughs> he smuggle the so gold bars. He <laughs> He's like, you ever try moving gold bars in a polo shirt? <laughs> Whose side are you on here? My hood, the hoodie is like yes, strangling you. Gold bars are falling out of his hood. <laughs> Come on. Well, the time was you could smuggle around here. So anyway, they finally did away with it, but they n- it never should have been a thing. And, and I say that because certain jobs should be held to a higher standard. Yes. But when you see like we've accepted in the Democratic Party that, say, in the month of August, Joe Biden's going to be on the beach 27 days out of 30. Yes. He's going to fly out to Maui. 
13 days of ignoring Maui, fly out, find out the beaches are closed, yell climate change and leave. And we accepted that as a president's month of work. So to the point of why is Gretchen Whitmer not showing up? Because on some level, her party, there's an apathy. They've accepted it. We, but you're right. We've accepted it as an entire country. And I yes. think that right now this is key because we, same with Gretchen Whitmer, we see her in Japan. We see her saying, mm-hmm. oh, I'm making all these international trips. I believe that this is her attempt at foreign policy. I'm going to bring these businesses back to Michigan. How about you try to keep the businesses that we that have? Are there. We have one. Yeah, yeah. It's right amazing. now we're losing. They just announced, her administration just announced, we will not have job growth through 2030, four years after her term. Wait, what? Yes. That is bananas. But she's in Japan, and she's like, I'm bringing back this robot company. I'm, I can't even make this up. I'm bringing back a company that will make robots to replace people. Oh, well, that's great. I'm sure the people are thrilled. <laughs> and, and it's all in manufacturing. It's everything we do. What a, I mean, it's very insulting. It's, it's insulting. And, and, and to be honest with you, like, we need a, a transformational, a transformative leader who we need. Renee is on Long Island. That's my hood. See how I'm balancing out the calls? <laughs> yeah, a one and that. one. Yo, Renee. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? Hi, Tudor. Nice to uh, finally talk to you. Hello, Renee. Um, I, want, I, I want to talk about uh, Nikki Haley. Um, <laughs> she's really catching my attention Ooh. as a voter. I'm, I'm a full-blown Trump supporter, but mm-hmm. hearing her you know, speak about the issues, the foreign policy, the border, mm-hmm. I think she would make an absolute outstanding president and leader of this country. Um I know that Trump is way ahead in the polls, so all of these candidates really are—they're—they're they're campaigning possibly just for a VP ticket. I'm, you know, at this point, unless Trump gets indicted on something and he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, uh, does, is yeah. out of the race. Mm-hmm. But what what are your thoughts about a Trump Haley ticket? I know there's been rumors about um, Trump yeah. with Christie Nome that yeah. was like flying around a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. But I think a Trump Haley ticket. Mm. Would be, Listen, would be Renee, outstanding. Renee, I would just so we're clear, if Joe Biden is the opponent, I would take a Baron Trump Nikki Haley <laughs> ticket. I would take any anybody. I would Renee, you and me over Joe Biden. I think it, I think we'd do a better job personally. But yeah, we're, absolutely. No, but no, no. Listen, every every the Republicans actually have a bench. There's a lot of people that could win this thing and it would be exponentially better than Biden was. Uh, so. Right. I don't think any of your ideas are bad, but let me quiz. Let me put the screws to Tudor now while you hang up. Renee, I miss you. Are you coming to the Paramount or are you going to be busy? I actually have to work. I'm oh, sorry. and never put her calls through again. <laughs> never put it on. I'm kidding, Renee. We love you. It's okay. You'll be there in spirit, okay? My overpriced electric bill. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah thanks. Way to go, Biden. All right. Well, next time. We'll talk, Renee, but thank you for the call, girlfriend. Um, anybody would be better uh, than what we have now. I think the challenge, because people are, you know, putting together their dream tickets. Right. What they forget about politics. You know how they say, like, overnight is a lifetime in politics? Mm. The race as presently constituted is not going to be the race. Right. I don't believe. Like, I believe either Biden won't be the nominee, because, again, Newsom's very out there for a guy who's not running. Right, exactly. Yes. But I I think something she said is interesting, because I hear a lot of women coming Mm -hmm. out and saying, wow, Nikki Haley really turned my head. Mm -hmm. We talked about this. She has her answers down. She's not searching for the answer. But I think people underestimate her experience, too, because she was the chief executive officer of a state. Mm-hmm. And then she was the ambassador to the U.N. So dealing with the United Nations, she's not faking foreign policy. She's had to sit.
sit down with these folks. Yeah. When she talks about this, she talks about this stuff from a place of experience. Mm-hmm. She talks about some tough subjects mm-hmm. like Ukraine. Yep. She says she wants to support, but she doesn't want to send endless money. Yeah. You know, those are all things that pique people's interest. Like, okay, what does that look like? No, yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think she's coming off well. I think she's two for two right now. Plus, she's on this show a lot. And I mean... As, as <laughs> king makers go, okay? More of a Rodney King. But the point is, yeah, king maker nonetheless. We're back after this. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Tudor Dixon is here. We're taking her down a peg because she gets a little chippy during the commercial breaks. Uh, it is Fox Cross America. We were in the bottom of the ninth. The thing we were conversing about and having a good time over was the fact that you said uh, a lot of women are taking to Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. But the thing we were talking about, and I think this would be the funniest thing that could ever happen in the history of our politics, is for the first female president to be Republican. Yes. Whoever it is. They would just be so upset because they've tried so hard. There are no fireworks barges. There will be no glass ceilings shattered, like meaning it would conceivably happen. But believe me, MSNBC and CNN are not devoting hours to crying five-year-old girls being told they can be anything they want to be in this country. I hope someone has called Nikki Haley and told her on her birthday not to tweet a picture of herself and say, happy birthday, Madam President. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't go well. And I approve this message. Uh, Every year it gets retweeted by somebody. (laughs) This didn't age well. (laughs) She had a fireworks barge. But the, the point was... They tried to spin that as, oh, America wasn't ready for a female president. I don't actually believe that. I just feel like America needs the right female president. No, I agree. Like we were just saying, people are not voting for people anymore. Mm -hmm. They're voting against people. And I think people voted against Hillary Clinton, too. I mean, I think there was a big love for Trump, but there were a lot of people that just didn't like her. She was not a likable character for a lot. that's That's just reality. And I think that's what so much of our politics comes down to now. And I think uh, in the go forward on this, Tudor Dixon, I think there's a lot of upward mobility. I think there. I, I think that Nikki Haley is an interesting candidate because she is very likable. She does have the experience. She is a great contrast to Kamala Harris, and you hear her say that all yes. the time. Yes, that's another. That's another great point. You know what I mean? Is anything's better than what we have? And if people tell you, no, we're not ready for our first female president. Dude, right now we have our first dementia president. Right. (laughs) If if we can handle that, you can wear anything you want. Tudor Dixon for a full hour. How about it, everybody? Get her out. Get her out of here. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.